Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Keep reaching out to people. As long as this is what you're doing is raising capital, just keep reaching out, keep pumping out social media and keep sending out emails, keep talking to everybody. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Charlie Wessel. Charlie is joining us from Charleston, South Carolina, he is the principal at Cordell Capital, which focuses on apartment syndication. Charlie's portfolio consists of being a GP on 786 units, totaling $73 million of assets under management, also an LP of 66 units. Charlie, thank you for joining us, and how are you today? I'm great. As of next week, that'll be $97 million in assets under management. Let's talk about that before we dive into that. Can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, absolutely. We're a private equity firm. We bring the capital into uh, sponsors' deals, and we take care of all of our own investor relations, all that stuff. We do a lot of due diligence on all these deals, as you know. We travel to the site. I'll be honest with you. We have a good time. 
that's what we do. Seriously, it's so much fun. We go meet with these sponsors. And it's all guys that I've known for years. I have to know somebody for at least a year before we'll bring capital to their deal. So we've broke bread with them. I've met their teams. We've had a good time. We go out and have a good time together and play golf with them. So yeah, that's what we do, man. We help investors make money on their money. Charlie, I'm guessing on your P&Ls, meals and entertainment are probably one of your highest expenses. It's, it's a very high <laughs> expense, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so you guys are just professional money raisers bringing capital to other people's deals. Why can't the sponsors do it themselves? Well, they can. And I'll be honest with you, it's, it's something that I'm just talking about this with some of the guys in this meeting room that I'm in now. They've all cleared the room, but some of the guys that we're raising capital for have close to half a billion dollars under management. You think these guys would be like, nah, we got it, but they're still bringing in capital raisers. It's just, it frees up some of their time, some of their team's time. They can really focus on quality instead of quantity in some of the areas that they're best in. They might be better at asset management than bringing in a bunch of other capital. Some of the guys that we work for, they brought in a lot of institutional capital. They're just tired of giving it all away. They're giving the whole deal away. And well, let's dive into that because it's not cheap to bring in a capital partner because you're giving up a good piece of that pie, right? Yeah. And when you yeah. take on an institutional partner, what are you typically giving up, assuming they bring all the capital? They are going to want the right to basically kick you out of the deal soon as they don't like what's going on, they can basically boot you right out of the deal. They want full voting rights over everything. I've even known one group, they brought in institutional capital. The institution hired a designer to send down there. So I tell people all the time, I'm like, hey, look, man, even though we're in the GP, I'll never pick your paint colors. I promise. I don't want anything to do with it. But they just interject so much into that deal that it'll, you know, is it worth it? I don't know, because I haven't never dealt with the institutional guys. I do know that some of the guys that we raise for, they've just gotten kind of fed up with the whole institutional thing. So they'd rather have us bring in some high net worth guys and just some retail investors. Yeah, that's interesting because a lot of people on their way up strive to attract institutional investors. But then a lot of the guys at the top want nothing to do with that. And nothing. what you said just makes a lot of sense. So if a sponsor was looking to hire a company like yours, what percentage of the GP are they giving up? What we look for in a deal is we want to take care of our investors first and foremost, because if they're taken care of in the long run, our long run game is taken care of, but we still have to make some money. So we do want to see right around a 70-30 split. I wouldn't want to see anything a whole lot heavier on the GP side than that. Now, I don't mind if the waterfall trickles down into something bigger than that, because that means our investors are being taken care of. But we're typically looking for anywhere from a 25 to a 35% set aside of the actual GP for capital coming in. Now, to stay compliant with the SEC regulations, we say, okay, 30% of the GP is set aside for capital. We bring in $2 million into their $12 million raise. Then they give us a certain percentage of that GP that's set aside for the capital. 
Now, if we bring in two and a half million dollars, we still get that same percentage. If we bring in 1.8, we still get that same percentage just to stay compliant with SEC regulations. Because you can't get rewarded specifically for bringing in capital. Right. We're not a broker dealer. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Charlie, back to operators that don't do their own capital raising or don't do it all. Do you think a lot of it could be personality or fear? You're a rambunctious guy. You'll probably talk to anybody. You're certainly a force here in this podcast, but a lot of operators, maybe they're introverts or heads down analytical, and they just don't want to deal with that. Do you think some of it's personality? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. But they've been dipping their toes in this business for so long that, yeah, they have people that are going to invest with them. So they usually still bring some of the capital to the table especially if they've got $100 million worth of assets under management. They're not hiding under a rock, obviously. Yeah. And Charlie, somebody that's looking to do what you're doing, what's your advice to them? How do they get to your position? Preach it from the mountaintops, man. Preach it from the mountaintops. We're on social media. We send out email updates, all our potential investors, all our actual investors. And this is what I do full time. So I taught everybody that I play golf with, I have a golf game every Friday with eight some they all know exactly what i do <laughs> let's Everybody. play this out so let's say we're in a foursome and a golf outing mm-hmm. and i don't know what you do how do you break the ice how do you share what you do and try to educate people well i tell them they ask me what i do you own a private equity firm believe it or not most guys they don't even know what that means they're like what is private equity just sounds exotic yeah, it does. It sounds exotic, right? <laughs> That's why we call it a private equity firm, I guess. But, so I just tell them, say, we're an investment firm, a group of investors together. We bring money to multifamily deals or whatever asset class we're going to. And we're just beating the pants off the stock market. And all our investors are pretty doggone happy about it. And then wow. that kicks that conversation right off pretty much. Uh- All right. Well, listen, interest rates are going up. Real estate's not looking so good in the future. Now what? Oh, listen, you don't wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate, wait. Oh, I like it. Yeah. And we're still cash flowing. The cash flows have come down. And I tell everybody, interest rates go up. Our cash flow comes down because cap rates hadn't caught up to it yet. We're still looking at some pretty decent returns here overall. 16% IRR is pretty hard to beat. Yeah. So you're screaming from the mountaintops. You're on social media. What's your most effective way of getting new investors to look at you? So far, it has been a direct message LinkedIn campaign. I don't know if you mind me throwing a shout out to somebody there, but- uh, Have at it. Yeah. It's Yakov Smart. It's one of his programs that we used. And I have a virtual assistant that's just dedicated to that. And she has just been killing it. So it's like an automated message thing. You're going to turn some people off because it's a message that goes out to 1,200 people a week. But we're booking six to eight calls a week from it. And who's on those calls? Is it you? Is it team members? It's me. I field all the calls All right. for new investors. How long does each call last? 20 to 30 minutes. After 20 minutes, I start telling them, I got another call coming up. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I would imagine you can get carried away with questions. Yeah, you really can. Do you dive into the tax benefits of real estate? 
I do, absolutely. We have a huge chunk of our investors that invest through self-directed IRAs. They don't really get to participate in that as much, but the guys that are throwing cash into these deals, we get cost-seg reports done on every property we do. Charlie, the high net worth couple where they're both W-2 employees, what do you tell them about the potential tax implications? They can't really benefit a whole lot, can they? Well, if they're high net worth people and they're W-2, they probably have some kind of passive income coming in from somewhere else. Okay. Or else they wouldn't be high net worth. And even doctors, they don't have time to dive into stuff as deep as we do. That's why we're here is to help them out and help them place that money. But there's a doctor somewhere in that hospital or somewhere in that practice that you should come invest in this. I know even dentists that have recently just bought their own building. And they were over the moon on that. They were like, man, I'm a real estate investor. I was like, yes, you are, buddy. Let's go. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Everyone is looking for a recession-resilient investment. How can you try to prevent from losing money by picking the wrong fund and sponsor? Right now, you can get Reliant Real Estate Management's free guide, 10 Things to Consider in a Real Estate Investment Fund, by visiting besteverreliant.com. Answer questions like, is the organization's focus on you? And does the fund keep employees? Reliant Real Estate Management is ranked one of the top 20 largest self-storage operators in the country with one billion dollars in self-storage assets. After completing three funds and selling 38 properties with zero dollars of investor principal loss, they have an average project level IRR of 33% in just over 3.5 years. Visit besteverreliant.com right now to receive the 10 things to consider in a real estate investment fund and get access to their latest investment opportunities. That's besteverreliant.com, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R-R-E-L-I-A-N-T.com. Back to vetting sponsors, you have to know them for a year. You have to build a relationship with them. What do you look for in terms of their team and their deals? Right now, as far as the team goes, we're really looking for the vertically integrated guys where they can have their thumb on the whole process. They have their own property management company. They have their own in-house guys doing a lot of stuff. The group we're bringing capital to right now, Lone Star Capital, they're very vertically integrated. They even have a construction arm that's fixing to kick off. What are some red flags where you just won't deploy capital into? I guess it would be tertiary markets. What if it's really, a killer deal? I'm just not interested <laughs> in it. I'm not interested in the killer deal. We're the tortoise that wins the race, man. Seriously, I just want to play it as conservative as possible for our investors. I really do. And I feel like this is our beliefs and values have gone a long way into playing into that conservative return. And we've been pretty good at it so far. So what markets are you focused on? Right now, like I said, we're with a group out of Houston. They're just focused in Houston. Well, I'm actually in a meeting earlier today about a fund that we're setting up, and that's going to be a debt fund. So what that's going to do is it's actually going to be a hard money loan fund to a company that flips 100 plus houses a year. And that's oh. going to be called the stock alternative. What area is that in? That's going to be in Augusta, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, and Columbia, South Carolina. 
All right. So when you evaluate a sponsor, how far into their track record do you go? I want to see everything they've done. And what if they've had a couple losses? That's fine. I tell them, I say, give me your crappiest deal and I want your best deals too. I want all of them. As long as I see what kind of communication they have, that's really more key to me than anything is the communication part. I want to see monthly emails to us. We turn around, we can reconfigure that email and send it out and kind of pull things out. And I send back emails saying, how about this? What are you guys doing about this? And we get that feedback back and then we send out our monthly email. I'd rather have over communication than under communication. What kind of financials do you want to see in those monthly emails? As far as 13 page P&L on the property, I don't mind you sending that out once a quarter, but we want to see occupancy rates. We want to see the rents collected. We want to make sure that this property's healthy. So anything that'll show us that, I mean, there's a number of things. Charlie, what's an example of a deal that didn't go very well for you? Oh man. We had one we closed on in February of 2020. Everything shut down in March of 2020. So it took us about a year and a half to make a distribution on that. That was rough. What was the communication from the sponsor? And in turn, what was the communication to your investors from you? It wasn't real great from the sponsor out in the gate. So we hopped on them pretty quick. We needed questions answered. And we were making sure that we responded back to our investors quite a bit. And the investors that invested in that deal, they invested with us in other deals during that period of time where they weren't getting any money. They weren't getting any distributions from that. What did the sponsors say? Hey, uh, things aren't going so well. (laughs) It was about like that at first. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just that whole COVID thing. COVID just hit and shut the whole world down. So we were kind of in a frenzy there for a while, but picked back up. And did that deal turn around and was it successful at the end? It's still ongoing. Okay. But yeah, it's all right. Okay. Are you asset agnostic or is it only multifamily? I'm definitely asset agnostic. Like I said, we're starting a debt fund for a particular company that flips a bunch of houses. Okay. So how about strip malls, medical office buildings? Yeah, I'm personally not, I haven't dove into that. But I do know a bunch of my buddies have. There's just going to be a need for more and more medical as there's more and more people. So more and more people grow older, you need more medical. Yeah. So I'm going to push you. I do a lot of retail. Mm-hmm. Why not consider investing in retail sponsors? I've never even underwritten a deal from retail. I really hadn't. When I first got into this in 2018, there was a broker in Charleston that told me the best bet out there is multifamily. Because I asked him about an office building he had for sale. And I was like, how do you buy that? It's a $20 million office building. How do I go buy that office building? He's like, man, office buildings like that are owned by guys like you every day. He said, you just got to go get your buddies together, get some money, y'all pull it together, and somebody needs to manage the asset. He said, but the safest bet out there is going to be multifamily. Yeah, I would agree with you. I just like the returns a lot higher, a lot yeah. better in other asset classes. Yeah. Awesome. What is your best real estate investing advice ever, Charlie? Don't quit. Just keep going. Keep reaching out to people. As long as this is what you're doing is raising capital. Just keep reaching out. Keep 
pumping out social media and keep sending out emails, keep talking to everybody. What pain points have you had scaling your business? Oh, man. I've had several pain points. A lot of them have been resolved through virtual assistants. Virtual assistants have come in and saved the day on me as far as technology goes. Be setting up any kind of active campaign automation, it just would have taken me forever. But I have virtual assistants that come in and they set this stuff up in no time at all. And we got a series of emails that go out. And if they click on this link, they get this email. And if they click on that link, they get this email. And it's just the automations and the technology part. That was a pain point at first until I got a virtual assistant. What does your staff look like today in terms of virtual versus physical? Today, it's just me and a virtual assistant right now. You've built this business pretty much single-handedly. Yeah, well, I work a lot. Okay, so back to that, back to scaling. Mm-hmm. What else should you be offloading? Within the next year, I would like to have two other people doing investor relations. We need two other virtual assistants that I can really laser focus them in on several things. We've kind of planned this out to where within the next couple of years, it'll be a pretty strong machine that just kind of rolls right along. Awesome. Charlie, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's go, man. All right, Charlie, what's the best ever book you recently read? A lot of people are going to give you all these self-help books and all this stuff on real estate. I just got a little blown away. So Operation Yoktan, it's a book about Israeli special forces. It's just a cool book, man. What was your big takeaway from that? Well, it's a fictional book. It's not really about the Israeli special forces. I just had to get out of the business world for a minute. So I'm like right in the middle of this book and I just picked it up two nights ago. Good for you because I think it's been over 25 years since I've read a fiction book. Yeah, it's probably been two years for me. And I was sitting there talking to my dad, and he reads fiction books. And I was like, man, I'm just so burnt out. I just hadn't read in like the past two months. And he's like, really? I thought you were a pretty big reader. I was like, well, I am. I'm just like, huh. You know? And he was like, dude, go read this book. He said, it's an awesome book. And it just pulls you right into all the action and everything. I've gotten that advice from other people is pick up a fiction book. Stop with all these self-help and real estate books and try something different. Awesome. Charlie, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I'd say Low Country Pregnancy Center. We have a good bit of nonprofits that we give to in Charleston. Soldiers Angels, Low Country Pregnancy Center. That's a big part of me is giving back into our community and, and our church and things like that. Charlie, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? CordellCapital.com. C-O-R-D-E-L-L. Capital.com. Awesome. Listen, I know you're in the middle of a meeting and you had to clear out the conference room to have this podcast. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing some of the ins and outs of raising capital and what you look for to vet sponsors. Appreciate your time, Charlie. Absolutely, Ash. Thank you, man. Have a great day. You too. Best ever listeners. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share the podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.